0: Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. I've mentioned before about uh, the plethora of presidential candidates for presidential race 2020. But I have only referred to you know, 20 or so. But on ballotpedia.org, it states that as of July 1st, just a handful of days ago, there were 758 candidates who filed to run, who filed with the FEC. The Federal Election Commission. Amazing. 758 aspirants. Now, this is not including the likes of Hillary Rodham Clinton and John Kerry and so forth. No. 758. I think it's uh, ironic, too, that, uh, for instance, there are 14 Green Party candidates <laughs> or, or Green candidates who are uh, officially filed with the FEC to run for president. It's like, wait a minute, aren't you going to be, you know, splintering your splinter faction of votes? But 758. That's including the incumbent President Donald Trump. Now, the dust has settled somewhat since that remarkable address on the 4th of July and probably all 757 other candidates for president that have, have filed, probably all of them have criticized uh, the president's July 4th address. I know that the prominent Democrat candidates certainly have. And understandably so. They were upset about the president managing to garner all of that earned press, earned media, and so on and so forth. <laughs> but, and all, all of the expense of all of the flyovers and what have you. But of course, interestingly enough, even though July 4th addresses anywhere remotely along the lines of what took place this 4th of July, have not been the norm for presidents, okay? They've kind of taken a little bit of a step back and not, one might say, exploited the opportunity. But that being said, there have also been many critical, scathingly critical, columns written concerning the speech and its, its deficiencies and the deficiencies of the chief executive of this country uh, with reference to that speech. But I'm going to go through that speech section by section. I will leave some out in order to shorten it up, abbreviate it. But I'm going to highlight certain statements made by the president. Now, you could say, well, wait a minute. Okay, the president read this speech off of the teleprompter, but come on, this is the work of his speechwriters. Guess what? When the president speaks, he should be held accountable for what he says. Whether he wrote it or whether a speechwriter wrote it. These people who insist that the president is the second coming, or maybe 2.0 version, of Ronald Reagan, I have said from day one, are gravely mistaken. (laughs) All right? (laughs) They are willfully ignorant of the truth here. And while it is true that Ronald Reagan had a cast of gifted speechwriters, including the likes of Peggy Noonan, among others, but outstanding people. They were entrusted with the responsibility to craft speeches on occasion, because he also spoke extemporaneously, but to craft speeches which were in keeping with which were in agreement with his beliefs his values as having been stated for years via broadcasts and articles that he wrote unlike <laughs> our current president they have more of a blank slate to deal with with him but he was responsible for the core beliefs that were expressed in those speeches. And he went over them. He read through them. He changed them. He tweaked them and so forth. He wasn't just up there you know, reeling off what's on a teleprompter. But that was a different time, way back in the 80s, and President Ronald Reagan. So, beginning with this speech by our President, our Commander-in-Chief, I'm going to state virtually the last stanza, if you will, of his speech to start with, and then I will go on through it. So, and these, I'm not going to bother with quotes. This is all quoted, and then my remarks uh, should be obvious when I am speaking rather than repeating what the president said, we all share the same heroes, the same home, the same heart, and we are all made by the same almighty God. The spirit of American independence will never fade, never fail, but will reign forever and ever and ever. So, we, who is we? Is this all American citizens at home and abroad, including, of course, the military? who are deployed abroad around the world, including expats, expatriates around the world, many of whom have retired abroad? Is this including diplomats that are assigned to outposts, embassies, and so forth around the world? I am assuming this is pertaining to all citizens, but the question is, Does we also include undocumented workers? Does it also include illegal aliens? We all share the same heroes. We all do. (laughs) Yes. I don't know about you, but I don't share anything with the likes of Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton. Nothing. No beliefs. No values in common. None. Oh, yes, Hillary, well, that's right. Oh, but she's Methodist, United Methodist. Yes, she was involved with a youth group at a socialist United Methodist church with a socialist activist youth pastor, but back in her youth. But then when Hillary ran for U.S. Senate, she shared with the American people something they had been unaware of until that time, that she actually had Jewish roots. (laughs) Yes. It was advantageous, you might say, in New York City, which has a significant Jewish population, (laughs) and around the metropolis. Oh, no, that's being cynical. You know, that's being cynical. She was just making up for her failure to share this exciting news over the past many decades. But we, who is we? Who does we comprise? Does this include all of those others? Tramping about, traipsing across this nation. Those with the UN. All of the communist Chinese spies who were numbered at more than 200,000 years ago. We, I guess it's all we people. All those Democrat candidates for president, they all share the same heroes as Donald Trump. And you and I, right? We all believe the same things. We all share the same heroes. The same heart. Heart, not, not in Donald Trump's vernacular, nor his speechwriters. But heart means spirit. According to God's word, the Holy Bible, heart is spirit. We all have the same heart. We share the same spirit, all of us. Yes, the blacktivists, the Islamists, the sodomite activists, the abortion activists, we're all the same. We're all one big happy family. Ironically, before the speech was delivered, before the president, his motorcade made its way to the Lincoln Memorial, there was what was termed violence outside of the White House and it was competing protesters. It was those in support of the president and those who were viciously opposed to Not only the president, but his supporters. But we all share the same heroes, the same heart, the same home. The same home. So, the undocumented workers, the illegal aliens, the communist spies, the Islamist terrorists, they all get to share the same homeland with us. With those who have fought, not just been deployed, (laughs) not just been in the military, not just been deployed, but fought, not just worn uniforms and lots of adornment on the uniforms and have strutted themselves bravely around the Pentagon and such as that, but those who have fought. for this homeland, they get to share it with all of these others. We are all made by the same Almighty God. Now, I can understand how this president (laughs) (laughs) uh, might buy into that, but mainly be mouthing the words of some some poetic speechwriters using great poetic license. You know, it's like saying that everything happens for a reason. You know, every darling young woman and girl that is kidnapped, raped, and murdered, that happens for a reason. So it's something good, something beneficial, right? Right. Because it happens for a reason. So obviously it's a good reason. It's not that, the, that this nation is crawling with destroyers. No, certainly not. But these truisms, everything happens for a reason. Things always work out in the end. And other such nonsense. There are so many of them out there. But we are all made by the same almighty God implies that we are all children of God. Right? You have heard that, no doubt. We're all children of God. We're all, you know, His creation and so forth, including all of those who hate God, who hate His Christ, who hate the good and seek to destroy them. We're all God's children. Well, Jesus Christ, speaking via parables and so forth, cloaking what he had to say for a number of reasons, which I elaborate in my other programs, such as Christ's resurrection of life body, but he doesn't state that we are all made by the same almighty God. No. But, Our president knows best. That spiritual giant that he is. The spirit of American independence will never fade. Never fail. But will reign forever and ever and ever. The spirit of American independence. Well, if that is what is absolutely descriptive, all-important about the United States of America, then what's all this nonsense about forming vast coalitions and alliances and confederacies to go to war against Islamist terrorist organizations, cells, and so forth? What's that about? Why do we need to form vast coalitions to attack can invade Islamist regimes that have engaged it in terrorist war against the United States of America. If American independence is first and foremost, what is all that about? But the spirit of American independence will never fade, never fail but will reign forever and ever and ever. With all due respect, that is a flat-out, bald-faced lie, as is borne out historically and historically via the Bible. But let me move on. Um, Now, moving on to the beginning of the speech. I'll come back to that stanza, that passage, which is, I believe, third from the last. I'll come back to it at the end. But, on this truly historic 4th of July, why is it that this past 4th of July was truly historic, unlike all of the 4th of July's that had preceded it during the comparatively brief history of this nation. Why is it that this one is truly historic? Obviously, many of those others were not truly historic. All right, They are past, but not truly historic. This one is truly historic. Today, we come together as one nation. Yes. We come together as one nation, undivided, indivisible. Right? <laughs> you understand, he wasn't just delivering this address to the people at the Lincoln Memorial. This was delivered to the nation and was commented about around the world. Yes, we come together as one nation. All for one and one for all. We're all the same. We're all in this together. We're all joined inseparably. just a bald-faced lie. But poetic license. Let's just let's just chalk it up to poetic license. All right. Moving on. We all share a truly extraordinary heritage. Fascinating. So regardless when you arrived on the banks of the United States of America, regardless when you came, regardless whether you were here, whether your forebears were here before the pilgrims and Puritans were here, (laughs) right, or whether your immigrant ancestors, if, if they came down from Canada, if they had been in Canada for, you know, a few generations, or if they came... To this nation during the past five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, we all share a truly extraordinary heritage. Nonsense. Absolute, utter falsehood. <laughs> That is like saying that, going back a few millennia now, back to Israel of old, that the people of the house of Israel that came up from bondage in Egypt and finally, after 40 years, made it into the promised land, that they shared the same Extraordinary heritage as the heathen pagan peoples around and about them and that remained in the promised land. It is complete, utter falsehood. Let me digress to say this. Uh, Among the comments made about the president's 4th of July Independence Day commemoratory address there were remarks made that it wasn't positive remarks stating that it was the least political of his speeches that it was you know really a almost a kumbaya kind of a speech you know it didn't have the vitriol there wasn't the division there wasn't all of this other. Instead it really was just pro USA, red, white, and blue, all American, such and such. This this is something that was a refrain shared by many commenters, commentators, but then there were others who were of a very different View, <laughs> especially including all of the notable candidates for president who were outraged, <laughs> furious that this president was delivering this terribly political address, being so political. Uh, It was just, just ironic that there was this extreme demarcation, this extreme departure of opinion concerning his speech, but together we, together we, who is we? Who are we together? Together, we are part of one of the greatest stories ever told, the story of America. It is the epic tale of a great nation whose people have risked everything for what they know is right and what they know is true. Together, we. This nation is comprised of people of faith in God, faith in Christ, faith in the Bible, whose beliefs, whose convictions, whose values, whose morals, whose mores are tread in the mire of this nation. And this has been enabled, precipitated, allowed, empowered by those in power. Presidents, vice presidents, and their cabinets, and their department heads, and assistant heads, and so forth. The executive branch. The judiciary. The Supreme Court of the United States of America, and those federal judges for life. (laughs) that plague this nation. And the legislative branch. And then we have the state governments and the city, the municipality governments and the county governments who, if they know what is right, if they know what is true, Militate against it and war against it on a daily basis. But if you want to excuse their wickedness and their evil on the grounds that they are undoubtedly ignorant, ignorant of what is right, ignorant of what is true, okay. But together we, we people, We comprise this nation, a great nation whose people have risked everything. Whose people, what people risked everything? Really, what people risked everything? The pilgrims did, the Puritans did. The founding fathers and their families did. And then there have been others, many others, those who crossed this nation into (laughs) dangerous places, put themselves in harm's way in order to carve out a life for their families and loved ones and so forth. Those who have engaged in battle abroad and at home. But, moving on. This is the most just and virtuous republic ever conceived. I'll give him a pass here because he says republic, <laughs> all right? He doesn't say nation, he doesn't say country. He doesn't say government. He says the most just and virtuous republic ever conceived. Conceived does not mean necessarily founded. Wouldn't be limited to that. But the most just and virtuous ever imagined, you could say. Right, and others would say Oh no, no they 've you know imagined much more just, virtuous ones. This is terrible, disgraceful, and so forth you know they 've got their shangri laws, various different ones who insist that the American experiment, the great United States of America, is terrible and horrible, and always has been." Unlike those wonderful, idyllic kingdoms and nations and what have you over in, oh, I don't know, perhaps the continent of Africa, for instance. But he states that this is the most just, virtuous republic ever conceived. You might ask yourself, well, who is Donald Trump to talk about just and virtuous? It is a question. (laughs) It is quite the question. But the old Israel, ancient Israel, conceived by God, created by God, was much more just and virtuous than this republic has ever been. However, his hand-chosen people rebelled as they rebelled before inheriting that land. And they rebelled against God. They rebelled against his Christ. They rebelled against the Word of God. And they embraced the idolatry of the heathens and pagan peoples around them and about them. And chose to worship devils and demons instead of God. How like United States of America of today and Western Europe and what have you. But the next stanza, if you will, the fate of unborn millions will now depend under God on the courage and conduct of this army. So said George Washington to his troops. Indeed, under God, depend under God. But you see, George wasn't just mouthing some religious platitudes for political advantage, unlike our presidential candidates (laughs) and other politicians, political aspirants. He had actual, factual belief in God, faith in God. Believe what you will, he did. But... The fate of unborn millions, ironically, unborn millions that have been slaughtered year in, year out, decade in, decade out, in this nation which those... Like George and those under his command, sacrificially gave to fashion to create this nation. Moving on, Americans love our freedom, and no one will ever take it away from us. Americans love our freedom, and no one will ever. Take it away from us. Again, this is simply wrong. Regardless what all of the experts, <laughs> military experts, political experts, religious experts, historical experts, whatever they say, it is wrong. It is false. Our days are are numbered, period. Even though there are millions of good, godly people in this nation, the days of the United States of America are numbered. Not due to global climate change, no. But no one will ever take away our love of freedom. That love of freedom in which evil are able to commit evil with impunity because of our unjust nation. No, not the kind of falsehood that is communicated by the blacktivists and so forth, but the gross, grievous injustice. That is pervasive throughout our justice system. That does not eliminate, let alone swiftly, surely eliminate, monstrous destroyers who prey upon helpless, innocent darlings and so forth. But we love our freedom. Well, the destroyers love. Freedom. They love this nation which provides them such freedom. The Islamists love the freedom to use, to operate, to destroy what is left of this nation. The abortionists, the sodomite activists love the freedom to manipulate and enslave this nation and work their evil will. They love it. The president goes on to say, Our nation is stronger today than it ever was before. He states that this is the most exceptional nation in the history of the world. Depends on your definition of exceptional. But it's an understandable assessment. There are certainly many respects in which that statement would seem to be not completely inaccurate, (laughs) but the most exceptional nation in the history of the world. But then to go on and say our nation is stronger today than it ever was before, that is falsehood. This nation, while technological military developments have continued, to be sure, nonetheless, we have endured many presidents' whose greatest cause celeb, their mission in life as presidents, has been to destroy this nation's ability to defend itself. Yes, the Trump administration has been working to offset that. To bolster, to strengthen the military, but to make this ridiculous claim that our nation is stronger today than it ever was before is false. That claim needs to be looked at in the context of the other nations around it. It is not in a vacuum. It is vis a vis or versus other powers that are bent on the destruction of this nation, enemies foreign and domestic. And most importantly of all, to the assessment of this statement is this what is strength? Is it merely military might, the flesh of the arm? Is that the totality of strength? Because if it has to do with the character, the morality, the mores of this nation, the laws of this nation, the justice system in this nation, it is a complete, utter fabrication, a fraud, a sham, a lie. This nation is the most perverse, the most vile, lewd, profane, disgusting, reprobate, degraded, degenerate that it has ever been. But this president is not exactly one that (laughs) is sensitive to such things. He goes on to say, after saying, our nation is stronger today than it ever was before, he goes on to say, it is its strongest now. That same righteous American spirit forged our glorious constitution. No. Nonsense. That spirit, that American independent spirit is what forged our Constitution. No. It was faith in God, faith in Christ. It was not this humanistic American spirit. We will always have a government of, by, and for the people. Great, we will always have a mobocracy that is dictated to by the shifting sands of the mobs and those who manipulate public opinion. That is very reassuring. For Americans, nothing is impossible. Oh, my. So now we're going back to the Tower of Babel. Right? That's who we are. Not a people of faith in God. Not a people under God. But instead, a people who ascend to the heights. A people who are their own God. Man is the measure of all things. Great. Faith in self is great. All important. And Donald Trump is one of those people who has succeeded in life. There are so many, most of those who succeed well in life, at least in this nation. You can find our people of tremendous self-belief, self-confidence, dare I say, self-worship, self-aggrandizement, and so forth. Self-centered. For Americans, nothing is impossible. Then he refers to the astronauts of Apollo 11 having nerves of steel. Is this some superhero comic strip? Uh, You know, comic book or something out of Hollywood here? Nerves of steel. Well, poetic license, you know. Someday, soon, we will plant the American flag on Mars. Wow. First of all, I don't believe that's ever going to happen. Secondly, if it does happen, so what? So what? Another notch in the belt. Should we put American flags on every planet we can touch or reach or that we can send A space vehicle, too? A space probe, too? Should we do that? Is that going to do something for us? (laughs) Or are we going to populate Mars? Have an outpost on Mars? Now, I don't know what was intended by this, but he referenced that this nation, that it filled the concert halls and airwaves around the world with the sound of opera. Yes, he included other types of music. But opera, is that saying that we created opera? I. It just was remarkable because the other forms of music referred to there are, are identified with the United States of America. But, uh, well. He stated that the love, unity, These things held together the first pilgrims. Not the second pilgrims, not the third, fourth, fifth pilgrims. The first pilgrims were held together by love and unity. Yes, what does that have to do with the price of eggs? What does that have to do with the United States of America of today, of 50 years ago, of 100 years ago? What does it have to do? These were people of faith in God, faith in Christ. It has nothing to do... With people despising Trump and and his followers, his supporters, and people clamoring for Trump. It has nothing to do with that. But people of faith in God and faith in Christ may well (laughs) vote for, support Trump because that option is not anywhere near as odious as the alternatives. Not that it is good. From our earliest days, Americans of faith have uplifted our nation. Yes, they founded our nation. And they have kept our nation from being utterly destroyed to this day. But the days are numbered. And our nation's governments, I say governments to include the state and municipal and county governments, this nation's governments have been the enemies of faith. In God, in Christ, Christian faith, which was the only faith recognized by the founders as being Religion, when they spoke of freedom of religion. But... Then he went on to pay special tribute to the military service members who laid down their lives for our nation. I don't totally agree with the wording of that, but, yes, those who died in battle, those who died in the front lines, those who died in myriad wars on behalf of this nation. But then he went on to say that throughout our history, our country has been made ever greater by citizens who risked it all for equality and justice. They risked it all. They laid their lives down for equality and justice. What hogwash this incredible omnibus risking-it-all nonsense for equality and justice. (laughs) The sufferings of those who have stood against the evils, including induced abortion, the sufferings that have been inflicted upon them by our governments— Those stories will never be told. But, oh, the civil rights champions, champions for sodomite (laughs) rights. You know, not wrongs, but rights. They are great. But, and all of the other, equality and justice. Yes, 100 years ago this summer, The women's suffrage movement led Congress to pass the constitutional amendment, giving women the right to vote. Oh, and what a great day that was. What a glorious step forward that was. Yes. And what has happened in that past century? But monstrous evil upon monstrous evil... But, oh, the women voters, they haven't had anything to do with it. (laughs) No, no, no. Meanwhile, a couple of those champions, championettes, of women's suffrage, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, statues of whom have been closeted in the basement of the Capitol building for so long. I wonder why. Susan B. Anthony known for her stand against slavery, white slavery, legalized prostitution, and induced abortion, called abortion a horrible crime of child murder. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, her sister-in-arms, in an article entitled Child Murder, referred to abortion, that is induced abortion, elective abortion, As a crying evil and an outrage against the laws of nature and our common humanity. Oh, there we are. We, our common humanity. It is a crying evil and outrage against our common humanity. But what about all those women's rights? Pro-choice women and men. Mm. Oh, induced abortion. That is an unassailable right, thanks to the likes of, you know, so many great ones that this nation has suffered under, but, no, I'm not going to get through all of this in this program. It will have to have a part two. But speaking of those great champions, Ruth Bader Ginsburg of the Supreme Court, of Supreme Court fame, there was this biopic movie that was being promoted everywhere, including by Hallmark Channel, On the Basis of Sex, it was called. She performed a so-called marriage service for two male sodomites immediately following the Supreme Court decisions legalizing sodomite perversion of marriage. Who else did the same thing? Oh, California Attorney General, now presidential candidate Kamala Harris. Yes. And, of course, we have Pete Buttigieg and his husband. (laughs) That is so, oh my, that is just, Words just elude me concerning such things. And yet the children, the young people, are indoctrinated that such outrageous perversion as that perversion of language, perversion of fact, perversion of reality, that it is normal natural, and factual that men can have husbands, that women can have wives. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Supreme Court. But you need to understand our president, our president, our Republican president, when he took over The beauty pageants, the famous beauty pageants or scholarship pageants or whatever you want to call them. He was a proponent of the sodomite agenda. (laughs) Look it up. Look at what he said and what he did while he was in charge. Look at who were penalized, who were punished. And who were praised. This goes back well before he ran for president. Something I've mentioned in the past. But, oh my. But, again, I will finish this up in a following program. Oh, but we all share the same heroes. The same heart. We're all made by the same almighty God. Yes. Oh my. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you.